Thank you for your tangible presence in this house. We acknowledge that this is holy ground, this is holy time, and these are your holy people, saturated with God Himself. Thank you for leading us into higher places in you. We worship you and thank you for the Word of God. Holy Spirit, you're the teacher. I pray that each friend will be encouraged tonight as they hear what you have to say to them. In Jesus' mighty name, help us. To be stronger after, uh, after we hear the words with clearer direction, greater boldness, higher degrees of faith in you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I am really excited about tonight. And uh, I want to let you know that uh, the Lord put something on my heart. This is, this is a funny uh, title, and there are some funny stories, but don't let it fool you. God has a new level for you. Amen. Pastor said by the Spirit of God this morning that it's a new day. Do you remember that? we got to let... Friends, we are moving into a new era. In much the same way that the children of Israel were moving into a new era, we are also moving up to a new era. Heart of the Bay Christian Center, the family here, we are moving to a new era. I likened it to what happened in Exodus where 1.5 to 2 million Jews left Egypt. And I need you to just stay with me on the introduction for just a little bit. Understand that they were in Egypt uh, for a period of time, some 430 years. If a generation is 40 years, that means, help me now, that means there were 10 to 11 generations that were in Egypt. Now, if you add that up, they had a whole lifestyle and a whole way of living. Everything they knew, it was, think about this, there was the original. Then, of course, the next generation you get to 40 years old, then you get the next generation. That's the second generation. So there's mom and dad. And then there's grandpa. Then there's great-grandpa. Then there's great-great-great-grandpa. Then there's great-great-great-great-grandpa. And help me. Great-great-great-great-great-grandpa. Then great-great-great-great-great-grandpa. Then great-great-great-great. That's only eight generations. Then great-great-great-great-great-great. Grandpa, then great, 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 great grandpa. And, you know, you get the picture? There were generation after generation were doing something. They were serving foreign people, doing things that they would rather not have to do. Subject to ungodly masters. Are you listening? But there came a day where everything was about to change. Everything was about to change. It culminated, I like what it says in, in Exodus, where, where it says, uh, but the day came, and that would be Exodus, and we're not, I'm getting ahead of myself, but that would be the self-same day, I'll read it, Exodus 12 and verse 40. It says, now the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years, it says, to the day. It goes on to say in verse 41, And it came to pass at the end of the 430 years, even the selfsame day, it came to pass that all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. Friends, the encouragement is this. No matter how long you have been in your situation or your family has been in your situation or you've been in churches and you've been endeavoring to press for the glory of God. You've been endeavoring to press for the gifts of the Spirit or greater harvest or breakthroughs in your life. 
The day comes. There was a day that came where it was zero hour and all of them left. And I'm feeling in my spirit that our church is doing much the same thing. We've done a lot of, throughout the years, a lot of growing together, a lot of training, a lot of learning. But there is a new level for this place. It's, if you are spiritually keen, you will see it, you will sense it. And it's important for you to get on board, praise God, for you to be able to get to the place where God wants you to be. And a place where you'll be truly fulfilled. Now... I want to start by sharing a couple fun stories because we don't want tonight to be all totally a bummer. I need to at least try to keep up with Pastor Brenda and her, you know, sense of humor. So the first thing I'll actually, this isn't quite funny. The next stories will be funny. Here's, here's a story I want to start with. I was driving down the freeway one day and I needed to get over a lane and uh, they weren't letting me in. It wasn't really dense traffic, but it was... It was full enough that I, I, I felt like I needed someone to yield to me, like help me out a little bit. There's my blinker. What do I have to do? Wave my face out the window? Hello? They weren't letting me over. Well, I was patient with it. One car, another car, another car. California drivers, man. And then finally it came to the place where I was getting real close to the point that if I did not make a change, I would be in the wrong position. I would be in the wrong place. I'd have to either exit or I'd miss my exit. So I finally said, wow, I'm running out of time. I got to do something. So what I did, I said, okay, instead of trying to be Mr. Nicey-Nicey, and everybody knows PT's Mr. Nicey-Nicey. You didn't say something. You had to react more. Okay, Nicey-Nicey, okay. My blinker was on for a, a good amount of time. Nobody let me in. I finally got to the place where I was, Alrighty then, like Ingrid says. I put all six cylinders to work for me. I made Toyota really scream for me. And I pushed that Highlander. And it's not like I squeal tires, okay? I'm not that kind of driver. If you know me, I'm not that kind of driver. But I did move my way and I made my way into that lane. Like these, I mean, I wasn't going to cause an accident. You know, all the CHP officers relax. But I made my way. It's like elbowing. I elbowed my way into there. And they, I said, all right, you want some of this? Okay. And I kind of moved, moved my way in there. And I, and I was going to make a, a carnal comment. I was going to say, oh, these California drivers, oh, how rude. But then the Holy Spirit spoke up to me. That's the way you have to do in the last days. Now, I've shared this with a few of my friends. But I want to share this right now in, in, in the message. What's happening, Pastor Tom, right now? There are things that are rightfully yours. They belong to you. They have your name on it. You are ordained to walk in them, to have them, to enjoy them, to use them. But the enemy is poaching on your things and not giving you the right way. Right when you put your blink on and trying to block your way. But there are some things that you have to push your way into. I have a scripture for you. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 12. Turn there with me, please. The Holy Ghost said to me, that's what it's like in the kingdom right now. You have to make your way. You have to take some things, move some things. I love what pastor has been preaching on lately, just about the spirit of faith. 
Are you there yet? I'm going to go ahead and read Matthew 11, 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent do what? They take it by force. I'm going to go and read that in the Amplified. You can pull it up if you like in the Amplified. And from the days of John the Baptist until the present time, the kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault and violent men seize it by force. Watch this. As a precious prize, a share in the heavenly kingdom sought with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. Friends, it's You're right. You have the right of way for healing. You have the right of way for peace of mind and a good night's sleep. You have the right of way with authority over the devil for so many things that God wants you to walk out. But he's not letting you in or what he being the enemy is doing something to try to waylay your plan and your flow. Hello. I'm I'm reminded of Shama. Listen, these are your beams. (laughs) 2 Samuel 23, 11 talks about Shammah, who was the son of Agi. You don't have to turn there, but you know, the Philistines gathered and they went to attack Israel. And it says that the Israelite army fled in the New Living Translation. says that the Israelite army fled, 2 Samuel 23, 11 and 12. But Shammah held his ground in the middle of the field and beat back the Philistines. So the Lord brought a great victory. Friends, there's something going on at heart of the bay about you standing and holding your ground. I wish I could say with confidence that everyone that has sat under the word and has been with us for a while knows how to operate in the spirit of faith. That everyone knows how to be led by the Spirit. I wish I could say that. But you know, I can't say that. Because I know in my heart it's not entirely true. Many have found it. But there's many, many of us have sat in these chairs. And we, we have attended the services and heard the word. But this is, comes the time where we must know how to pray. We must know how to say this is mine and how to resist the enemy. We must know how to be led by the Spirit to be at the right place at the right time. There is no doubt about it. We must know how to be led by the Spirit into the gifts of the Spirit. God has miracles for us. Praise God. I'm glad to say there are many friends in our church, many of your brothers and sisters, they have gotten miracles from God. They've gotten their breakthroughs. But just a few here and there is not good enough for this preacher. I sense in my spirit, if this is like an exodus, then all of us have to leave the land of not enough. All of us need to leave the land of debt. All of us have to leave the land of sickness and disease. All of us have to leave the land of depression. Come on, help the preacher a little bit. I'm not satisfied with a percentage of a handful, just the core. Well, the core knows how to pray. No, everybody has got to get up and go. I know I'm preaching good now. But you see, there's there's some things I'm just gonna tell it the best way that I know. I guess is this is this my time for my oh, this is time for my story. Oh goody, this is my story. You know that my son, uh my youngest son works at In N Out Burger. And one night he surprised us. I don't know, was it Friday night or something? He surprised us. He brought Hamburgers, hallelujah. Now, how many of you know that In-N-Out Burger is the will of God? <laughs> Brought me a hamburger. Woo, that was good. 
And, uh, and he says, yeah, it's over there on the, uh, it's over there in the kitchen. So we went over there and, you know, PK wasn't going to wait for me. She went and got hers right away. But then I think it was one, so we split it in half or something. So, you know what? I had a few things to take care of and I was really excited. How do you know when you got a, when somebody tells you that you got an In-N-Out burger and you got a hankering for it? And that was a good one, a dub meat, uh, with extra, what was that? Oh, it was good. Well, I'll tell you why I can't remember. You'll get it in a moment. So I delayed a little bit, setting things up in other places. Then I said, ah, now I'm ready for my In-N-Out burger. And I went into the kitchen and I said, oh, no. Our dog, our minpin, Dollar, had managed to leap up high enough to grab that thing, pull it off the counter... I was chowing down on my In-N-Out burger. That's why I can't tell you how it was. I can't. I was so disappointed. That was like the devil himself. They tried to. They tried to console me. Well, there's the lettuce and the bread. I don't want no lettuce and bread. Don't let the devil talk you out of stuff. That was my burger. What were you thinking, dollar? Oh man. But that wasn't the only time. I think the lesson will correlate. There are things God has given you, and it's yours. But somehow, there's some other little things involved. PK, get your mic going. She's going to tell you about, as if that was bad enough. There's another one where my little dog did something. Mm. How many of you want? Who wants a bin pin? I'm ready to get seven. He's on seven. It's blinking, so I don't know. Uh, what happened to two? Anyway, two is dead. Oh, Okay. <laughs> We didn't change our batteries, sorry. Okay, go ahead. Um, for those of you who don't know, we have a miniature pincher, and he's, he's about 13 pounds of solid energy, and he jumps, like, this high. He's, he's, only, he's a little guy, but he can really jump. And, so, and you know, with, with dogs, you know, it's all about food. It's all about food. You want him to do anything? It's all about food. Okay, you want him to obey you? It's all about food. So he's actually pretty fairly well disciplined, but he's he comes in the kitchen to wait for any he comes to wait for anything that falls on the floor. You know, they're they're the automatic vacuum cleaner in the house. So um, the other day, <laughs> I have to tell on myself. He asked me if it would be okay if I told the story. I said, sure, it's okay. I'm telling on myself here. Pastor Tom was not having a good morning, and he was trying to get out of the house, and everywhere he turned, I don't know what was happening, everywhere he turned, it just wasn't happening, he kept trying to do something, then the phone would ring, I mean, interruptions galore, you know, and he finally said, I have to get out of here, I have to get to work, and so, okay, I gotta, you know, we're, we're trying to conserve like everybody else, actually, we, we did this before conservation was vogue, we, we make our lunch, and we take it, bring it with us to the office, Oh, I don't have a lunch. Okay, so he's running around trying to find something to fix for lunch. Nothing is there. No leftovers. Okay, fine. Peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I can handle that. So he makes this lovely peanut butter and jelly sandwich and um, puts it on the counter. <laughs> and then, and there's, then he goes, it's like everywhere he turned, the supplies weren't there. He went to get a plastic bag, and there's no plastic bag. So he's going out on the back deck where we have a little pantry and we have... Stuff stored there, and as he's out there, there was a, a cooler there, and he's thinking, oh, okay, I might as well put this away. Well, while he's doing that, I'm at the sink, and, and the counter's over here. I'm at the sink, and I hear this noise, and I turn around, 
and the peanut butter and jelly sandwich is on the floor and Dollar's licking the jam. <laughs> By the way, we named him Dollar because we figured every time we'd call him, money would come to us. <laughs> Somebody told me you should have named him $100 or something. <laughs> and Chris Hudson comes over and calls him Quarter. <laughs> He doesn't like Chris. <laughs> anyway, um, so he's licking the jam on the floor. He wasn't actually licking the sandwich, okay? And so I'm standing there. I look to the, to the slider where Tom is outside the slider, and he's putting the cooler away, and I go, fast thinking. I grab the sandwich. I put it back up on the counter. <laughs> I, <laughs> I grab the sponge. I wipe up the floor. Hurry up, dollar. Finish, finish licking that up. Lick it up. Hurry up. I just knew. He was so upset already. I just knew this would be the last straw. And I just kind of smoothed it out and put the, put the lid back on it like, okay. He came back in with the plastic bags, throws his sandwich in the plastic bag, and leaves. <laughs> I figure, oh, well, it's all our germs anyway, you know? <laughs> and I didn't tell him for a few days. <laughs> A week. Try maybe a week. Oh, by the way, honey. Um... Oh, by the way, I have a funny story to tell you. I was going to tell him. I, I wasn't not going to tell him. I was going to tell him, but I just knew I could just see him totally losing it. That would not be good. So that was the story. Thank you. There's a story. Give her a hand. She indeed did that. No, actually, Dollar indeed did that. And the point that I'm trying to make here... That's off. Oh, the mic went off again. What happened? Oh, the mic died. Just come over here. I do not make a habit of not telling my husband things or hiding things from him. Just so that you know that. Except fallen (laughs) peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Back to the Amplified. We don't have to preach a long time tonight, and we don't have to share a million scriptures, but you need to get this. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence in the Amplified. Notice that it says that violent men, see, violent dogs, uh, seize it by force. <laughs> Watch this. As a precious prize. Friends, the anointing on your life, your things, your flow, everything. There are things about you, about your calling that are precious before you and before God. And there's a little min pin nipping at your heels, just really trying for the stuff and for who you, what you need to fulfill the will of God. And you're just trying to do your stuff and that little guy is trying to jump on you and they're, they're watching you, trying to get your stuff. Let me just suggest to you, there is no negotiation in the realm of the spirit where your things are concerned. I finally took authority. We all have to learn how to take authority. I get people calling, oh, this happened, that happened. I appreciate that people call and they know that I'll pray and love them. But you know, we need to start taking our own authority. Do you know what PT did? He got that white, uh, that, that green spray bottle and he put it up on the counter. That's it, dollar. This is war. And it only took one squirt. Of that water stream, and he goes, ooh, and he tucked his tail, and he... <laughs> and now, whenever I put my food deep in the counter, I put the green spray, bo- spray bottle to remind him, that's my peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> what are you doing to set 
your territory for what the enemy's trying to take from you. Now, I want to take this to the next level. The title of tonight's message is No Hoof Left Behind. <laughs> a hoof meaning a cow hoof or something. No hoof left behind. So that really intrigued me. What Moses said, you can turn to Exodus chapter 12, verses 24 through 26. History tells us that the amazing exodus of the uh, Israelites from Egypt was not automatic. And it leaves a record of those that made it all the way into the promised land and those that were left behind. And why they were left behind. But at the moment, what we want to talk to right now and encourage you is that there are no deals with the devil. Of course, there were, <clears throat> there were, several, there were several negotiations that, that Pharaoh began to uh, try to transact. One, he said, okay, you can go, but only the men go. And, and Moses said, no, we need all the children and, all the, and we need all our cattle and all our herds. All of us have to go, everything. And he says, no, only the, only the men. Okay, fine, more trouble for you. So more, uh, more plagues came. But then this was one of them. This is very interesting. Pharaoh called unto Moses, verse 24, and said, Go ye, serve the Lord, only let your flocks and your herds stay, uh, be stayed. Let your little ones also go with you. Now, keep your spiritual antenna up, because there's something in this for you. And Moses said, Thou must also uh, give us, also sacrifice and burnt offerings, that we may sacrifice unto the Lord our God. Verse 26, Our cattle shall... Uh, also shall go with us. Everybody say this out loud in the next phrase. And there shall not an hoof be left behind. What happened? Wrong verse. Verse 26. Exodus 10. I'm sorry. Exodus 10. Oh, I'm sorry. Exodus 10. Everybody's looking at me like a cow at a... <laughs> At an Egyptian gate. Okay, let's, let's start that again. Uh -huh. And Pharaoh called Moses and said, Go serve the Lord your God with your flocks and herds and be stayed. Let your little ones stay with you. And Moses says, No, we are going to have everybody that we may sacrifice the Lord. We have to take our kids too. Then it goes on to verse... Let's skip down to 26. Our cattle shall also go with us. Now can you please say this with me? There shall not an hoof be left behind. For therefore must we take to serve the Lord our God, and we know not with what we must serve the Lord until we come thither, or till we get there. And so to make it a little clearer, let me go to the Amplified Bible, Amplified Version. Listen to this. Our livestock shall also go with us. There shall not a hoof be left behind, for of them must we take to serve the Lord our God, and we know not with what we must serve the Lord until we arrive there. Uh, P.T. Uh, paraphrase. We need our stuff, all of it, to serve God and do what we're going to do in this hour. There's no, no dice, no negotiation, everything. Every cow, every whatever, every goat, whatever, all of it. We need it all. Now get what the Spirit of God is saying. You need to make sure that everything that God has given you, you retain it and hold it fast and don't give up your hamburgers to the devil. Amen. This is serious. Now, why is that? Because you were called for such a time as this to serve God with 
everything that you, who, who he's made you, your calling and your stuff, our stuff. We're serving God with our stuff. There's certain things about our stuff that is so holy. God needs us to put that stuff into the kingdom of God. Amen. We're not leaving our children out either. The generations where the children backslid and they went and served the devil. We're not leaving our kids. We're, all of us are going. Did you catch that one? I don't know if I said it as well as I. In other words, we need our stuff to minister to the Lord. Well, let's see where we're going to go from here. The thought here is that there are people, they finally did exit and there was a day that came. Just like there's a day that's coming for this church. The day is coming. We're going to, oh, we might still be meeting in the same, in the same building, but we've gone to other levels in the spirit. We're going to higher places in influence, in power, in the gifts and the workings of the Holy Spirit, in soul winning. Come on, somebody help me. God is promoting those that are, will take positions in the spirit. He's moving. You could feel it. You could sense him. Especially now that we're in this time of prayer and fasting. Praise God. Hallelujah. But there are people that missed it. They may have physically gotten out of Egypt, but something happened. They got waylaid in the wilderness. So let's focus a little bit on that. What are the elements of people being able to completely grasp everything that God had for them and then produce to serve God in their generation? Are you ready for this? Hebrews chapter 3, please. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse number 1. Mighty quiet in this first church. Hallelujah. Are you ready? Therefore, holy brethren, particulars of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him, who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. For this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who built the house is more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant. For the testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward, but Christ as a son over his own house, whose, whose house we are, everybody says we're the house. If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Now watch this. Therefore, as Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day that the trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me and tried me and saw my works for 40 years. How long? 40 years. That was a whole generation. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Beware, verse 12, look at this. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you, what kind of a heart? What kind of a heart? Of what? Unbelief. In departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, and so forth, and and so on. And uh, let's see. the The thought here is this: the people that left, they may have left physically, but you know that there was only two that remained that really carried the spirit of faith. I so 
love what pastor has been preaching on. I mean, you've been seeing that element of faith come back. You, you, you've been hearing that, that I'm not sure that we actually did a teaching on faith. It's just that faith now is strong with us. Amen. About declaring and saying and that sort of thing. But think about this. God was so upset with that generation. Not, he could not bring them to the place where they needed to be. He couldn't do it. So he said, everybody 20 and younger, you're all going to die. Think about it. But there's two, Joshua and Caleb. They have another what about them? Another spirit. They have, an ex- they have another spirit about them. What was that? A spirit of faith. And so faith is manifest, friends, in this way. Faith is manifest in what you do and what you say. And you know, if you know anything about Joshua and Caleb, they were the ones that waited for an entire generation to die out so that they can finally say at 80 years of age, give me this mountain. I'm ready to take it. I'm 80 years old. Yeah, sure. But I'm ready to go out and I'm ready to come back in. That's the spirit of faith. They had it when they were 40 years old, but the rest of the crew wasn't ready for it. So they were, you might say, blessed in a measure in that they got out of Egypt, but they just went around in circles. Ever felt like you were just going around in circles? The only way to get out from running around in circles, friends, is to get yourself into a posture and a position in a spirit of faith. And faith has an expression. Hallelujah. Now, there are, let's see if I can get into this. Let's see if I can get into this. How, the rest of them, rather than being in faith, they were in doubt and in unbelief. I would like very much to read something from Nancy Dufresne's book here uh, before we go much further. Can I have that book, please? You don't have it? Well, I'm going to come up here because it's so good, and I'm going to get it. And everybody's going to shout, praise God, just the same. Go ahead, take a praise break. Now listen, I spent a lot of, I love my church, I love my pastors, and I love my brothers and sisters in Christ. But I've got to tell you this, I have been flabbergasted at the number of people that have been sitting in this church for 10 years or better and don't know how to pick up their sword and fight don't know how to take authority I'll be glad to pray with you if you're one please don't don't take offense at this I love you I'll you know I'll pray for you but there's a certain place in God that you will only get if you're fighting yourself getting into the spirit of faith in years gone by you might say it this way you could get by with sitting and hearing the Word of God and acting on it in a measure. Oh, you could be blessed or preserved in a measure. Not quite totally, but in a measure, you could get by with it. But I found the devil's playing meaner and meaner. He's jumping up on the counter and getting more and more people's peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yes, he is. And I've seen it. It's, it's, it, it's harder for people. They cannot do it in their own strength anymore. It's almost like the bell curve and the well curve. Did I, was I really going to get into that? There's a, there's a paradigm called the bell curve where most of us are familiar with it, particularly the baby boomers and younger, where there was an average where the bell went like this and then it was uh, narrow on the sides and there was a big hump in the middle. And when you would be graded for things, they would grade it on a 
what they called a curve, right? And so, like the people where the most people were, they'd call that a C. And if you got a little more on the other side of the curve, you get a B. And then if you were very few people got on the narrow part where you got like 95% or better, and there there are very few people, they were on the other end of the curve, and they got A's, like Pastor Kimberly. (laughs) But then there were people on the other side that got D minuses and F, like I won't say who did, but you all know somebody that did. That's called the bell curve, you know, grading on a curve. A lot of things, we were used to the average of things, you know, average middle class America. But I read an article recently that said the middle is disappearing. See, there used to be, a, there used to be, there was this wide and broad area where you could hide among large groups of people. And there's a lot of people there and you could kind of hide there and call it the middle. But there was a new paradigm coming out where he talked about the uh, well curve, is what they called it. And that's where it's reversed. The extremes are building up. The extreme sides of of life are building up. For instance, you have uh, uh, the largest television sets you've ever heard of in your entire life. 60 inches that are that huge (laughs) that you could hardly fit on the wall. And then you, and you have people bragging about that and calling it progress. Then you have people watching movies on their little one-inch telephone. Oh, look, this is really progress. I got this one-inch screen. Look at I can watch a movie on my telephone. What? Yeah. Okay, two inches. Yeah, she, just, she just pulled up her phone. No, you can... Okay, so you're bragging on being able to watch this big cinematography thing on two inches? Like, that's progress? Well, that's a little humorous. But the other thought is this. Uh, the whole idea of commitment. Check this one out. The whole idea of commitment. It used to be that there was an average commitment where most of the people come here and then there's just a few that attend a lot and really pray and read their Bible. And then there's just a few that hardly ever come at all. But the most people are in the middle. Folks, there's a line being drawn. And there are people that are really hungry for God and know that this is no time to play around. And there are more and more people coming to church. More and more people committed, realizing this is life and death. This is no longer uh, a choice and maybe an option. You're either, this is sink or swim. Where finances are concerned, they're calling it, the, hey, the, the middle class is disappearing. There's, there's the very rich. Folks, there's a lot of money being made right now. I don't know what, you, what you've experienced in the last, what, five years or something. And many of us had to really fight to just hang on to what we had. We don't know what hit us. But I want you to know something. Not everybody went broke. There are a lot of people that amassed enormous amounts of wealth. In the last two, three, four, or five years. While the rest of the people were suffering extraordinarily, losing their shirts, losing everything they ever worked for. And then, so they call it that the middle class is disappearing. Friends, don't be alarmed about that. God is, a, this is what I'm trying to focus on. This is a day to be completely sold out to God. This is no day for an average Christian. This is a day for a supernatural Christian. Every home that names Heart of the Bay Christian Center as their home church should be a home that prays. A home that reads the Word of God, declares the Word of God, resists the devil, lays hands on the sick, reaches to people that are lost. Every family, listen, should be endeavoring to press. What happened to the press of so many people? Well, my... 
word and the encouragement tonight is we need to make sure that we're on that side where we're increasing on the fullness of commitment. Praise God. I'm in. I don't know about you. I'm in. Anybody in in the house here tonight? Is there anybody in the house that will say as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. It doesn't matter how much it costs. There's no other way to live and there's no turning back because the Israelites were that way. Those that left physically left Egypt and then while we're there they spoke of stoning somebody and they said hey I wish we went back I want to go back I really miss, I really miss the good old days oh yeah where they whipped you and where they they, they, they just uh, worked you morning till night and you were just a slave serving ungodly people oh real great way to live hello friends there is no other way there's no turning back I, so, I, somebody's, I felt like their throat just sank a little bit. There's no turning back. No, this is the only way to live. In the kingdom of God. And to live by faith. It's time to really do what the Bible says. The just shall live by faith. When he says resist the devil and he will flee from you. It seems to me instead of calling everybody else. You need to start resisting the devil. I thought I'd get a better amen from Wilma back there. Wilma, help me out a little bit. Wilma, I see. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whew, let's praise him just a little bit. You know, Hushemakate. Just a thought about, just a thought about um, Joshua and Caleb. One particular note is that this, this young man, Joshua, it says that he never left the tabernacle. In other words, he never left the temple of meeting. This whole idea of waiting on the presence of God. This is very interesting. The same guy, one of the two guys, the only two guys of, of an entire nation, please count, do the math, two million Jews. There was only two men, two. Do the math. That survived everybody else. Well, there was the young people, whoever was 20 and below. So there was quite a few folks. Let's say a million died off. Let's say that if that's what happened. A million died off. It's fascinating. But what was one of the ingredients that enabled them to operate in a spirit of faith? It's no wonder. It said, but Joshua, he never left. The tabernacle or the tent of meeting. What does that mean? That means he stood in the presence of God. Day and night. He stood in the presence. This is no formula. This is a life. And you know what? When this fasting is over. And we're having an awesome time in fasting and prayer. And if you haven't started. Please pick one of those up. And please get involved. Because you need this. When this prayer and fasting is over, it's not like we're going to stop being in the face of God. I believe this is a new era for us. Oh, Pastor Tom, do you think that we're going to be fasting? Like we're going to extend it and like fast forever? I just, I just know that we're going to be a lot closer to him. We're going to be living a lot more of a fasted life. Because, you know, we're not going to be able to operate like we used to. What used to work won't work anymore. Just like the generations back there. Everything will be different. How about really being able to know where God is taking you and watch things change when you pray, declare and decree a thing that it comes to pass. Now that's the way to live. Hallelujah. How about when you sow your seed, you see the return. You know how to harvest something. Praise God. 
where, when, and how. And you know that your fruit will remain. So it says in Numbers 14, and you don't have to turn there, Numbers 14, verse 24, it says, My servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land which he went, and his descendants shall possess it. Very interesting. I did a message a while back on following the Lord. The scripture that says, Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. The, the thought on causes, the word there is not causes. The word there is leads. Thanks be unto God who always leads us into triumph. If you are not a follower of God, and like he said in, in that recent scripture, Caleb said of him, he is one that has followed the Lord fully. Follow the Lord fully. Think about that for a moment. If you are not following the leading of the Lord, how can He cause you to triumph? Thanks be unto God who always leads us into the... Who wants the victory? I want the victory. Everybody ought to have the victory. Well, Pastor Tom, what's the victory? Everything's going to be all right. You on top. You're the head and not the tail. Whatever you put your hand to prospers. How about that? You're like a tree planted by the river of water. And when the heat comes, you won't even feel it. Your leaf won't wither. You're going to produce your fruit in its season. And your fruit will remain... That sounds like the right deal to me. I don't know if I... Am I in the right house tonight? Am I in the right house? So, praise God. Let's see where we're headed. Praise God. Nancy Dufresne. I thought I... Oh, yeah. Thank you. Nancy Dufresne. I'm holding Nancy in my... Here it is. I have a question for you. This is asked by Nancy Dufresne in page 107. Don't forget. Don't remind me. I want to quote something out of there. Look at this. Hebrews 4.2 says this, The word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith with them that heard it. I so much have said this already, but let me read it in her words. Is it possible to hear the word of God and not profit from it? Is that possible? You know, I'm familiar with scripture that says the word of God is able to build you up and give you an inheritance. Oh, my 403 plan is all to the garbage can. I don't have nothing. Hey, the Bible says that the word of God is able to build you up and give you an inheritance. Mm -hmm. So there's an inheritance for you. There's an inheritance for every person in this room. Whether you've got an IRA or not, you've got a spiritual and a natural inheritance. God will be, the word of God will be able to, but is it possible for you to hear this word and not profit from it? Notice what she says. Absolutely it's possible. The word must be mixed with faith. The word must be mixed with what? Faith. When it is, there will be an undeniable profit and increase. Just as a chemist in a laboratory will not get any reaction until he mixes certain elements together, there will be no reaction of the word, listen, until faith is mixed with it. Luke, I love this. This actually came to us. I said, be it unto me according to your... Remember we started doing that about November last year? Notice this, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God in a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, verse 27, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was? Thank you. A little more help. And the virgin's name was? Mary. 
Thank you. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Is he speaking words? And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. And Mary said, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Now notice what uh, Pastor Dufresne has to say about this. And when Mary responded to the angel with words that agreed with God's will, then God's will and God's word could come to pass. Mary was mixing faith, catch this, with God's will. And with God's word by agreeing with God's word. But Pastor Tom, we heard this before. Yeah, but are you doing it? When you speak words of faith that agree with God's word, then you are mixing faith with God's word and you will profit from it. So, Pastor Tom, are you saying to me that just coming to church and hearing a wonderful message and week after week and year after year and decade, that's not enough? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. You have got to mix faith with it. Well, what if my mom and dad mix it? That's not good enough. What if grandpa mix it? That's not good enough. You must mix faith with the word that comes to you. It's kind of like add water, you know, and there it is. Praise God. If you talk, let me read this paragraph just a little further down. If you talk about the lack of money, it will keep from coming in. Rather, talk about how your Heavenly Father is supplying every need in your life. Speak words of faith that agree with God's supply in your life. And then it can reach you. I am not talking to you tonight for these few minutes about something I know nothing about. I'm talking to you something in, for the which we have been trained in this thing. For decades, we have sat under the finest teaching. And it's not just that we sat. We also began, by God's grace, mixing faith with it. And we began to walk in it. And we began to say, okay, uh, this isn't right. Let's line it up. Okay, that's not right. We're going to line that up and speak the word. And now, of recently, whenever Pastor Mark or Pastor Brenner, whoever's preaching, says something, the Spirit of God says something, I say, yeah, be it unto me according to your word. I make sure that I seize the deal immediately. I don't want it to slip away. I want it to come to pass in my life. Do you see that slight adjustment? And then in addition to that, there is the obedience factor. As a matter of fact, when it talks in uh, Hebrews chapter 4, and it goes on, I think, verse 12-ish through there and what have you, it talks about, in the New King James Version, it doesn't talk about that they stayed out of the land because of their unbelief. See, in, in the King James Version, it says that they stayed out because of unbelief. But in the uh, New King James Version, it says they, they were kept out of their promised land or out of the inheritances that God had for them or out of God's rest because of disobedience. Look it up. You'll see it. It was because of disobedience. So whenever someone talks to me about disobedience, I know that it's because they did not have corresponding actions. Let's go back to the spirit of faith with Joshua and Caleb. Let us go up at once and let's take it. Their defense has departed from them. God told us that it's ours. It's their meat, their bread for us. Let's take this on. That was when they were 40. Let's do it. 40 years old. That's when they were. They were 40. 
at the time when they were addressing the people. They're bread for us. But then nobody else. In fact, they talked about stoning them. How would you like to have a congregation of such great unbelief that you say, Hey, let's have a healing today. Stone him. (laughs) Hey, let's have increase. Praise God. Let's prosper. Stone him. That's basically what the congregation back in the wilderness was doing. But hallelujah, I'm persuaded of better things in this company. The Lord, listen, the Lord has been grooming you for years. Many of you, how many of you have been here for, for a, a better portion, of 20 years or better? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. You've been at Heart of the Bay for 20 years or better. Look at all the hands. You've been here 15 years or better. 15 years or better. How many of you have been here, how many have been here 10 years or better? 5 years or better? One month? <laughs> or better? <laughs> We're being groomed. Groomed for what? We're being groomed for the glory of God. We're being groomed for the greatest move of God the earth has ever seen. Think about that. Did you hear, did you hear what I just said? We're being, we have been groomed for the greatest move of God the earth has ever seen. Just let that sink in a little bit. It's no wonder we've been talking about miracles and signs and wonders. So let me bring this to a close. It's only 8.09. God's good. Hallelujah. Everybody still with us tonight? Don't let the devil steal your burger. Hallelujah. Where do we go now? Psalm 133. Stay with the pack. Like what brother... uh, What's his name? Brother, uh, ah, come on, Tom. Summerall said, the first person that leaves, the first banana that leaves the bunch gets peeled first. Stay with your church family. Stay with the bunch, the faith bunch. Hallelujah. Don't let the devil peel you and rip you off of your lunch. Let me read that, or let's read it together in Psalm 133. Are you ready? Verse 1. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down the skirts of his garments, as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there, I want you to say this phrase with me, for there. there. Say it again, for there. there. The Lord has commanded the blessing. Let's say that a few times. For there, the Lord... Has commanded commanded the blessing. blessing. Do you think if God has commanded and ordained a blessing to be at a certain place in time, at a certain stage for a group of people, do you suppose that there's going to be blessing there? You better know it. The spirit of unity, I'm trying to tell you, stay with it. Get in on this fasting and prayer. Get in on the declaring and saying. Well, how important it is it for us to be together? Listen, if in the natural at the Tower of Babel, Genesis 11, 1 through 9, if it was so significant that a group of absolute godless heathens would be moving in the same direction, speaking the same thing, God said, uh-oh, they don't even have the Spirit of God. He says, uh-oh, now they're all of the same language, they're all saying the same thing, we better go do something about this. We better go, and so the, he went in there, and he caused their languages to be confused so that dispersed that project they said let's build a tower up into the heavens and God in his counsel said you know we, what we need to do is say we need to go down there and we need to put a stop to this 
because uh, it, it's not the right time. It's, not, it's certainly not me. We're not going to allow this. So God went and touched that and woo, you know, confusion happened and the Tower of Babel was never built. Have you ever heard of the term the babbling idiot? <laughs> what do you think babbling means? That, 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 that phrase was coined from this scripture, from this event. Where people were trying to communicate like got into strife probably, and it just didn't work. <laughs> and they were like babbling idiots. I mean, you know, we are not babbling idiots at Heart of the Bay Christian Center. We're not dreamers. Oh, thank you, Lord. This is a good one for you. You know what we need to start doing at Heart of the Bay? We need to start making believe. Hallelujah. Make believe. We're, in, we're, we're going, headed for the land of make believe. Well, what does that mean? That means you're going to make yourself believe some things. You're going to stay with it. And you're going to speak it. And you're not letting go because it's your hamburger and your peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Amen. Yes, hallelujah. You're going to be tenacious about what God told you to do. Your calling. The souls that God has put in your heart to reach. Praise God. The healing. All of it. You know what? I'm tired of the devil messing with God's people. You know, one of the scriptures is just strong in my heart. How he led them forth. And with silver and with gold. And there was not one feeble among their tribes. I'm tired of degenerative diseases. It's time for regeneration. Anything and everything degenerative. It's time for it to regenerate in the name of Jesus. Is that that possible? You know it's possible. You see it in the Bible all over the place. And Jesus said, and I go to my Father and greater things than these shall you see. And shall you do. Shall you do. It's not just stuff. It's not a fairy tale. We're making ourselves believe. Ah, I am going to make sure that I believe what comes forth from the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Everybody said amen. Amen. So we're not babbling idiots when we declare and say things. This is, oh, the devil would love to make you think like it's not so. I wish I had time. I'd tell you some stories. We're almost wrapping it up here. I'm on the last page. Somebody said amen. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you. My wife, she's so wonderful. I want the honor of being the first preacher to ever quote from Pastor Brenda's book. I love this little section, page 173. Uh, Pastor Brenda, Thomas, uh, <laughs> shares about the story about David at Ziklag. And you know the story how uh, they were off at ward taking care of other business. And uh, some foreigners came in and just wrecked their own camp, kidnapped their own family and their wife and everything, and burned it to the ground. And... Uh, Let's pick it up in page 173, about halfway down. Every time I read the story, I'm reminded of what... How many of you glad Pastor Brenda wrote her first book? Hallelujah. <laughs> this is wonderful. <laughs> Woo! Every time I read this story, I'm reminded of what I once heard a minister say about the name Ziklag. They said that it literally means grief. And the city certainly lived up to that name on this particular day. Up until this point, David's men had remained true and loyal, despite numerous opportunities to quit. But this setback was just too overwhelming for them to handle. There was talk in the ranks about stoning David. 
Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because of the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David did what? He strengthened himself in the Lord. David didn't know what to do, but he knew where to go and who to seek. You know, we're aware that many people have been pushed to the absolute limit. If he didn't steal the shirt off your back, the devil just about took everything but the shirt on your back. And I don't want a show of hands, but you know what I'm talking about. We've been in situations where we had to fight the good fight of faith. The word of encouragement for you is don't give up, saint. Get in on the flow. Get in on the flow right now and stay there. God will restore it to you. So David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered them, pursue for you shall surely overtake them. Without fail, recover all. Just a couple more things from her book. It said, pursue and recover. Let's look at both of these powerful words in depth. Pursue means to follow in order to catch, to chase, to seek, and achieve or accomplish. To proceed along a course to engage or keep at an activity. You know, this is no time to retreat, and there's no time to relinquish what's yours. Everybody say, it's mine. It's mine. My, healing is mine. My healing is mine. My kids are mine. mine. Praise God. Yeah. So, so pursue to follow in order to catch. Here's a word for you. I just guarantee you, you pursue and God's with you. He's right there with you to help get back everything. That the enemy took from you. And no, many of you, you know what I'm talking about. There are things that have been taken from you. And it's wrong. But God's going to help you make it right. And it's not going to come by sitting around crying. It's going to come by doing exactly what David said. Pursuing. Obey the word of the Lord. It's time to mount up yourself with wings as eagles. Pray in the Holy Ghost. And get after it, saints. Hallelujah. Get your stuff. Amen. On one day, David received the word pursue, and he and his men were physically exhausted. Check the day that he was, listen to the day, this is significant, I so appreciate her bringing this out, on page 175 at the top. On the day that David received the word pursue, he and his men were physically exhausted and emotionally drained. Think about it, they just came from war. And they came, and what happened? Everything's messed up. They're already exhausted. So then they wept themselves. They, they wept, it says, till there was no more power or strength to weep. That's really weak. But he knew that they must rely on the Lord's strength to carry out his instructions. God never places a task. Listen. God will never place a task in front of you for which he won't provide the wisdom, the ability, the strength for you to accomplish it. He's on your side. He's in you. Praise God. The Holy Ghost is your standby. And notice this. God didn't give David the whole picture or all the details of how recovery was going to occur. How many are appreciating this so far? But he did give expectancy when he said, you will without fail recover all. Everybody say, I will recover all. Now we need to get used to saying some things like that. I will recover all. I will recover all. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. The word recover, and I'm almost done. The word recover is very similar in meaning to restore, but it carries a slightly different connotation. Recover means to get back, to regain, or regain control. 
Think about that. Regain control such as in a favorable judgment or a lawsuit. Praise God. How many of you appreciate the fact that God is telling you, this is, this is the hour we're living in the day of recovering all. Yes. Going back and take, and ooh, this is good too. I'll throw this in there. There are general, generational things that you could get back. Many of your ancestors sowed into the kingdom and they did not reap. We are the reaping generation. Amen. Those things that grandma, grandpa, great grandpa, and great grandma, praise God. Those seeds in the kingdom of God that they sowed, the finance, the labor that they sowed. They may not have all, all the knowledge or know-how of how to harvest. They may not have had the full picture like the Bible says, for now we see through a glass dimly. Hello. Yes. But it was still sown. It's up to us, the kids. To go into those places and harvest things that have been planted for generations. They're still on the stock. They're still on the tree. And I don't know about you, but I am a reaper in the last day. I put myself in... It takes strength to be a reaper. So that's why we have to have the joy of the Lord in our life. You got to rejoice. Hallelujah. I'm encouraged. I hope this is encouraging you tonight. So, just the last closing scriptures, 1 Corinthians 1.10, you could turn there. Two, three more scriptures and we're done. Before we shout a little bit. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that ye be no divisions among you, that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. 2 Corinthians 4.13, last scripture. We... Having the same spirit of faith. Let me wait till you put it up there. 2 Corinthians 4.13. There you go. Let's read it real strong, will you? We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Hallelujah. We are mixing faith with what's being said. Praise God. How many of you believe the, the word of the Lord that came forth this morning? He said, the past, that chapter is closed. It's over. How many you believe God can do a new thing? I do too. Hallelujah. What do you do now? Everybody pray for just a minute in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, don't you leave nothing behind. Glory to God. Glory to God, the God of the restorer. The God, come on, pray, saints. This is a Holy Ghost church. Yeah, nothing will we'll not give him an inch. Like you said this morning, not give a place, not giving no place. No, shutting the doors on the devil. Make the adjustment. I feel the Spirit of God saying again tonight, make the adjustments that you need to make. Why would you leave an open door to the devil? Don't do it. Shut that door. Make up your mind. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. And resist the devil. And guess what? He'll flee from you as in terror. Hallelujah. Freto koshia. Was that good tonight? Good enough for you? Hallelujah.